My name is Tim Daniel, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Late Night Reds here on the Riverfront. Uh, very excited for this week's show. I know it was a tough week of games, guys. I know first week of the All-Star break, huge series. It did not go the way it was going to, but the theme of this week is we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And we're going to actually start this week with a really cool guest uh, I found on the... I was actually recommended to by a good friend, Clay Snowden. Introduced me to this gentleman here. Uh, gives a lot of insight for Just Baseball on the MLB draft. And we're going to talk about the Reds draft. So you can see him on Just Baseball. This is Mr. Ryan Miller. Ryan, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I just told you I'm, I'm a Pirates fan. So we also just got swept. And it's uh, it's it's been a tough road. Yeah, uh, the, the the crowd here does that I, I say a lot of horrible things about the Pirates every week. Um, so yeah, I will, well, I will bite my tongue. I will bite my tongue this week just because you're here. Um, but I'm excited to get your insight on this on this Reds draft. It's a draft uh, that a lot of people were pretty high on, actually. So for this team, um, so I want to kind of get some thoughts on it from some of the experts because I don't know anything about the MLB baseball draft. Uh, so thought I would get someone in. That's where Clay came in, was like, this check out this guy, he can help you out. So shout out Clay Stoden there. Um, but yeah, yeah like sure. I said, uh the Reds amongst the best drafts per MLB.com. I think actually had them rated, I think the top draft um in some places. I know Keith Law, who has a lot of very controversial opinions, gave the Reds a lot of praise for their draft as well. Um, so overall. When you look at this class, and we'll get to individual players here in a second, what was kind of the thing that jumped out to you the most on what they were able to accomplish with this class? Honestly, I think the biggest thing was finding players that kind of like fit their mold in a way. Um, obviously, with the first round pick, Rhett Louder, he's he's like the prototypical college pitching prospect that will be a you know a pretty solid two or three in a rotation. And I think that that works out really well for the Reds because, you know, at, Paul Skeens will probably be the quickest pitcher from this draft to the majors. But I see Louder being a guy who could come up very soon and contribute at the big league level in a, in a big way. Were you uh, were you kind of shocked as things were getting closer to the uh, to the draft that the uh, Dylan Cruz of the Pirates stuff started dying down rather quickly? Yeah, I mean, I always knew it would be a, a possibility. I'm, I was fine with the Skeens pick personally because I, sure. I feel like as, as a small market team, you know, you're not going to be in the market for a, a big free agent pitcher a lot, and uh, you know, kind of getting one that way, um, and hopefully he pans out the way that people are talking about him panning out. So, yeah, I was fine with that. But a very talented draft, a lot of depth. Same, the same can't be said for next year's draft, but this one was a really good one. And the Reds picking so early and being in the spot that they're in now, it's it's very beneficial. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and get into it here. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, uh, the first round, first round they take Rhett Louder, seventh overall from Wake Forest. Um, that unbelievable numbers. Two-time ACC yep. Pitcher of the Year. Uh, I think multiple-time All-ACC in general, All-American. Um Obviously, like you said, kind of one of the top two guys as pitcher starting pitchers out of college with Paul Skeens, who ended up going to the Pirates. Um, you mentioned something that kind of I wanted to touch on because you talked about the fact that you know Louder is probably a middle of the rotation starter, see, have, was a ceiling, 
And there's a lot of people in the Reds country who are like complaining about this as far as that, because it's why would you spend the seventh pick overall on a guy who's not an ace? And I just thought that was kind of silly. And I'm sure you can kind of comment on this as well. When it's a situation where if Hunter Green, Nicola Dolo, Grant Ashcraft and Connor Phillips are all who they're supposed to be. Rhett Ladder doesn't have to be like the number one overall guy. Like, and it's probably, it's a very good thing for the Reds. Right. And what I tell people is to not think about the draft, like free agency, like you're getting this type of player that will slot in and 100% be what everybody's saying that he's going to be Um, and getting big league pitchers and, you know, position players too. Big league contributors is like the number one goal for these teams going into drafts. And of course, like it, it might not sound great to be like, oh, well, Brett Louder is going to be, you know, a safe number three starter, but that's beneficial. You know, not every pitching prospect gets to that level. And the reason for that really is just, you know, he doesn't have like the blow away stuff that Paul Skeens has. He commands all of his pitches extremely well. He has probably, um, a top two change up in the entire class. So, you know, that's going to work to his ability. He's he's a very pitchability oriented pitcher with pretty decent stuff as well. And, you know, the Reds pitching development, like the next guy who we'll talk about, uh, really flourishes with with molds that they're given. So hopefully they get the most out of louder. Yeah, of course, Sidney says in that example I used, I totally forgot to mention Andrew Abbott, who has been also yeah absolutely tremendous sure. so it's like you know are they have to go with like a 19 man rotation soon like everyone pitches once <laughs> a month like yeah maybe yeah you know. uh, maybe a couple trades in order at some point yeah right uh, yeah so that's you know that's gonna i mean you know that, that right is kind of popping up on the wall little by little uh, but we'll get to that in another time. Uh, so you mentioned, yeah, for louder. Uh, Ty Floyd is a guy that a lot of people are pretty excited about. The obvious reason, the fact that he played for LSU, who just won the College World Series, was on the same staff as Paul Skeens. Um, but what I saw is highlights. Now, mind you, I am no college baseball pitching expert by any means. Like I, I preface that as I say it. Um, but it sure looked like he struck a lot of people out and had some really good pitches and some good stuff. What is kind of your overall impression of Ty Floyd when you kind of watch his film? So LSU season had some up and downs, even, you know, when you look at it on paper, obviously national champions, one of the most hyped teams um, of the recent five, 10 years, probably. Um, But their problem towards the middle of the year, you know, they were ranked number one for, for the first probably month and a half. And then their pitching started to wear down a little bit. So um, they lost Grant Taylor, who was also a draft pick to the White Sox, uh, lost him to Tommy John surgery. He was coming off of a big summer in the Cape Cod League. So he was kind of, you know, going to be in that weekend rotation and contribute there. And Ty Floyd's one of the guys who immediately stepped up and gave him quality innings. And I feel like his entire year was just up arrow after up arrow when it comes to draft boards and such. And when he got to the College World Series and the postseason, the way that he performed for LSU, that kind of shot him up into, you know, the top 50, top 40 pick area. And I think that the Reds got a pretty good pitcher here. Yeah, I mean, he's, I guess, like, the stuff was definitely impressive and likable. Uh, So I'm excited to see what he does in this. And like you said, with the pitching development the Reds have had for a while now, it certainly seems like his upside is definitely pretty exciting. Um, Yeah, well. 
just one one more thing on him. He is kind of like a data darling in a way. And I know that the Reds have been very data oriented, especially with their pitching development as of late. His fastball has a lot of induced vertical break. It has a very good movement profile. It rides up in the zone and it gets up to about 98 miles an hour. His, uh, his secondaries are, you know, some like them more than others, but universally they're kind of ranked in the average territory along with his command. But as you pointed out earlier, the Reds pitching development has been successful. And, you know, if they get their hands on a guy like this with a great fastball, they could definitely develop some pretty good secondaries and make him a, a useful big league arm. Perfect. That's, you know, and I think uh, one of the other things you look at here kind of fits the Reds in Mao. Uh, when you look at their overall board of selections, um, there's a lot of shortstops here. And uh, yep. so, which again, I, I laugh at when people are like, they have too many shortstops. Cause like, if you look at like the Yankees prospect list, it's the same thing. Um, yeah. I think like there's a decent amount of teams you can probably make the case for, but here they take multiples, including of course, in the second round, they take Sammy Sephora, the high school out of New York, um, who uh, a lot of people were kind of wondering, would he actually be, would he signed or not signed? I think he might've signed already. I'm not for certain. Um, I'm not but, 100% sure, but I think that he will. Yeah. Um, so is this, is this a guy you have any knowledge on that you can tell us a bit on? Yeah. So he was getting Anthony Volpe comps a lot in the spring because he's a Northeast uh, prep shortstop, obviously from the New York area. Uh, the Yankees were linked to him a ton. Um, they ended up going with a different prep shortstop in George Lombard. But um, Stafura is a part of a group of high upside, very low floor prep shortstops in the back end of round one through the second and third rounds. Um, a few of them pass through the cracks and will end up making it to their commitments campus. Um, but Stafura is one who the Reds will probably, if I had to guess, pay a little bit of overslot on. He's a very athletic shortstop. He will stick at the position, um, 60 grade runner. He turns in really good run times and you're kind of dreaming on the bat. He has uh, a lot of projectability in his frame, um, pretty good swing. So that's in development, but yeah, I mean, obviously with Ellie De La Cruz, you know, most fans will think that the Reds don't need a shortstop, but this guy's pretty far away. He's an 18 year old high schooler. So this is going to be kind of the next wave of talent coming to the big leagues for the Reds eventually. And, you know, Stafura is a, a pretty one, a pretty good one to take a chance on. And when it comes to prep shortstops. Yeah. looks like uh, city confirmed. He has not signed yet, but um, I guess he's a Clemson commit. So I guess they're looking yeah. to kind of get into there as well. Uh, Carrick Melvin. He's what he actually runs. A, he used to run like a really good Reds minor league group on Facebook. Kind of had that question. I don't know if maybe you might know this. Uh, it says like, seems like the red signings so far have all been under slot. Is there, do you feel like there's someone particular they're saving their money for to kind of maybe pay over slot, maybe Sephora, maybe just a group of guys or. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm actually looking at the, uh, the reds entire class right now on my other screen. Um, so I did see that louder went under slot. Floyd will probably go under slot as well. Um, they're saving their money for, for Stafura and um, Cole Schoenwetter who's the fourth-round right-handed pitcher. Uh, he was rated 43 by MLB Pipeline, ended up going 105th in the fourth round. So he's going to be a guy who the Reds try to sign away from school. Um, and just looking down the list, you know, they, they have a couple prep picks, like their 14th rounder is a high school outfielder, their 16th rounder is a high school shortstop. Um, and then they have a few 
Juco guys. And then also uh, their, their 20th round pick was a, uh, a high school pitcher as well. So just all those guys towards the back end, they're kind of going to use those funds to try to sign them away from school. Okay. And then Mr. Juan asked, uh, he said uh, he wished the Reds had drafted Chase Dolander instead of Rhett Louder. How wrong am I to feel this way? Yeah, so I mean, Rhett Louder and, and Dolander kind of fall into that next tier of college pitching after Paul Skeens, obviously. And personally, I prefer uh, Rhett Louder. The stuff, the um, the numbers, the production, leading your team deep into the postseason – putting them on your back, the leadership skills, the makeup, not saying that Dolander doesn't have good makeup or leadership skills, but just what he did this year, ERA in the ones, you know, leading his team deep into the postseason. Dolander didn't have great results. The stuff didn't look the same as it did in previous years. So you're kind of still dreaming on him to be a, a pretty solid pitcher, but I feel like Rhett Louder's the more safe option in the long term. Um, you know, Dolander might have the uh, the blow away stuff, the 99 to 100 mile an hour fastball, but his secondaries didn't play as well this year. That fastball didn't play as well. And, you know, Louder just had everything working. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that, I mean, those are the names I kind of saw quite a bit. Uh, there was yeah. a possibility of Max Clark potentially dropping to them, which I know I got a lot of people excited and that ended up not happening. Um, I think one thing that kind of really fascinated me about this group, uh, as far as the picks as well, is um, multiple situations where they took guys who were teammates in college. So yeah, uh, you look at uh, Connor Burns, the catcher from Long Beach State in the fifth round. They take Graham Osman from Long Beach State in the 10th round. Uh, you got Hunter Holland from Arkansas in the third. And then you also get from Arkansas, Cody Adcock. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Yeah, I think, you know, when, when scouts are out at fields, they're watching everybody, they're evaluating the entire field most of the time. You know, sometimes they bear down on certain prospects, but just seeing these guys a lot. And to speak on Connor Burns real quick, um, I worked in the Cape Cod League last summer, and he was on our team, the Orleans Firebirds. He is widely regarded, this isn't a exclusive opinion, as the best defensive catcher in college baseball. Um, he, I think people have put 80s on his glove. Uh, 70s on his arm. He does everything with ease. He's a great blocker, great game caller, uh, terrific makeup, great leader. And the the thing that people were kind of knocking Connor on was the bat. You know, he didn't hit throughout his first couple of years of college. And this past summer, he didn't have great results either, even though he, he did have five or six home runs in, in the summer, which is a pretty decent number for summer ball. But uh, this past year, he really turned it on with the bat. And if he can figure out the offense, uh, he's a great defensive catcher and will contribute in the big leagues for sure. I think that was kind of nice because his name is going to be one that's going to be fascinating because the Reds system, I, I wouldn't say catchers their weakest position per se, but it's not the most deep for them. Um, you look at right. guys like Matt, Matthew Nelson, who from Florida State. Um, they have a few guys in Louisville right now who are kind of, look like they could be in and out. Um, but uh, I feel like maybe he's a guy that has a chance to kind of shoot up the system and kind of maybe be like there with Tyler Stevenson. I wouldn't say like next year by any means, that'd be crazy, but somebody you could probably eventually see getting in that spot in the future. Yeah. He's a guy who, um, who probably profiles as like a, a high defense metric kind of backup catcher. Um, and if he hits enough, obviously he could start, but the, the defense is big league ready. 
Yeah. Instead of people referencing Chucky Robinson, who has had a really, yep. really good year in Louisville, shockingly. Um, has been stealing bases. Uh my 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 boss here at the riverfront is uh an alum of Virginia. So I feel like if I don't get a profile on Ethan O'Donnell, I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. So is this a guy you're familiar with? Do you know much about him? I know a little bit about him. I watched him last summer in the Cape Cod League as well. Um I believe, yeah, so he transferred from from a Big Ten school, Northwestern, transferred from there to Virginia last year. Uh, a college hitter who did very well with the wood bat in the Cape, did very well the past couple of years with the bat at school. Um, and, you know, guys like this fall to the sixth round because there's just questions about how much power output they'll have, what kind of defender they are. But he's a very high-quality uh, high college bat to get in the sixth round and definitely somebody – who, you know, you, you see college bats like him and another guy I really like is Carter Graham. But guys in the middle rounds, um, a lot of big leaguers come out of there. And Ethan O'Donnell is definitely a guy who could make an impact at the big league level someday. Yeah, and it looks like first base was uh, something where you saw a couple plays. Carter Graham, like you mentioned, and then Jack yep. Moss had a Texas A&M. Um, again, I don't put anything on positions, especially in the red system when they draft guys. Um, right. If you look, if you look at their whole team right now, their third baseman and shortstops, except for Joey Votto, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, but kind of uh, some some names there. Like jumped out. Obviously, Jack Moss playing in the SEC uh, was a name some people were pretty excited about. Yeah, Jack Moss was a guy. You know, he he's six foot five. He's a a pretty polished hitter. Um, has some power as well to his game. And if he could fill out, he could be pretty solid. The one other first baseman I really like is Carter Graham. Um, he's had a ton of power output throughout his career at Stanford. Uh, kind of got off to a slow start this year, I believe, or either the beginning of this year towards the back end of last year, he kind of hit some struggles. A little bit of swing and miss to his game, but he doesn't strike out as much as you would think. So, you know, if, if the back can develop, you're looking at a first baseman who could hit, you know, 25 to 30 homers. And that's like the 90 percentile output, obviously, um, and play some pretty solid defense at first base as well. But uh, like I said earlier, the college hitters that come out of the middle rounds, there's a lot of big leaguers there. And Carter Graham's definitely a candidate for that. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, you said you had some notes on a few additional guys here. Uh, who are some of the guys when you look at this draft class? Maybe guys we haven't talked about that you kind of had some profiles on that could kind of get Reds fans excited about. Specifically, Bernard Moon, because he plays baseball and has the coolest name ever. I actually don't know much on Bernard Moon. He wasn't really ranked in too many uh, too many lists that I was looking at, um, but he's a guy who, hey, Reds area scouts are looking at. They like the profile. Maybe not everybody knows about him. They pick him up there. And if he's not a high-profile prep and maybe doesn't have the strongest of commitments, they could definitely sign him away from school. But another prep guy who I really like is Cole Schoenwetter. Um, he was a highly ranked prep right-handed pitcher, has a really good fastball and curveball mix, solid changeup, and and some decent command as well. So he's a guy who, to watch out for. The comp for him um, right now in the red system, I could see like a like a Chase Petty kind of. Uh, oh, I know Petty good. throws a slider, but Schoenwetter, he isn't the biggest right-hander, and neither is Petty. I think Petty's like six. Foot, I believe, and Schoenwetter is okay. So he's six three, a little bigger than I than I had remembered. But he's he's a guy who has a really good two pitch mix, a developing changeup, with some solid command. So he's a guy who could definitely pop up and be a pretty decent pitching prospect. 
Nice. It was one of those, either Moon or Henley. One of them came from the same school as Brandon Phillips. I can't remember which one in particular. I'm sure the chat can tell I, me. Yeah, I'm not sure. But that's uh, that's actually pretty cool if, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Chase Petty. I have to get your thoughts on this real quick before we get out of here. Um, he was floated this week in a fake trade that pissed a lot of people off uh, going to the White Sox for Lucas Giolotto. Um and there was some people who were like, all right, cool, get someone to eat some innings. And then, you know, make sure like Luke Weaver doesn't have starts anymore. And then there were people who were like, no, stick to the plan. And what, I don't know what the plan means anymore. Um, but uh, where are you on the trade chase petty situation uh, for the Reds? So actually, um, I faced Chase Petty in high school. Um, he was a couple years younger than me, but I faced him in high school and then when he was a senior, I, I went out and scouted him as well. He's he's a good arm, you know. He throws, he threw very hard. He got up to 102 as a prep. Um, but I would say keep him because you can never have enough pitching, and especially in, in a situation that the Reds have now that they're starting to compete. He's a guy who can come up in, in a couple of years and, and be a pretty promising piece, even out of the bullpen. Obviously, he has a big arm, good slider good two pitch mix. So I feel like he, he profiles pretty well as a red, just with the pitching development and kind of the profile as a whole. So I'd like to see him stay, but, uh, but maybe for a guy, I really like Giolito. So maybe part with him for something like that, but I think he's a pretty valuable arm and, and could work out pretty well for the reds. Do you think the twins would maybe, I don't know, give us sunny gray for him? I hear that, you know, that was something that happened once before. Yeah. Maybe, maybe do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I wonder what their thoughts on that trade would be now, like if they would reverse it. Well, the Reds kind of like sure. just they kind of destroyed them in the Tyler Malley trade. Let's be fair here. So yeah. I feel like it's yep. uh, it probably went both ways. Speaking of, I don't know if you heard or not. Right. Christian Cardassian Strand was a late scratch at Louisville tonight due to injury, or no one said anything today, one way or the other. It was just late scratch and. Nice. Kirk Casale has had four at bats in the month of July, so I'm assuming at some point they're going to do it, make a decision are, on that. Are so. they carrying three catchers or no? Yeah, three catchers. So Stevenson, okay, Luke, well, Ma- Luke Maley, yeah. and him. Yeah. So yep. wait, Cindy, is this official? Dude, we were doing the show when Matt McLean got called up, and like I it wasn't on my phone because I was doing the show. And Cindy yep. comes in, she's like, "Hey, by the way, Matt McLean got called up. He'll be in Colorado tomorrow." as we're on air. So uh, she breaks the news for us here. So I'm wondering if this is correct, um, but it could be, uh, he deserves to be in the majors. I don't know why it didn't take, uh, take, take him sooner to get there. But uh, honestly, at, at that point, if you keep Maley, he has a pretty good glove. You can only, you only really need two catchers. So getting yeah. Casale out of there would, would probably be beneficial to get somebody like CES up. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Luke Maley's from here, and Cincinnati loves local players to sell tickets. So I did not know that, but uh, he's he's a pretty solid backup catcher. He was supposed yeah, I like to him. play with the Pirates and got hurt, and never actually played. Oh, I forgot about that. Cause I remember he played for the Brewers yeah. for like half a season. Uh, yeah. So. I do remember that. Well, hey Ryan, I I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to hang out with me here. Uh, no really problem. wanted to kind of. Uh, Gets you get some minutes here to get your insight. Before we get out of here, if you want to take a sec where people can follow you on your socials and kind of get this guy, get a shout out if they have any questions or you know, want to make fun of you for the pirates, not me, <laughs> them. Yeah. Uh where, where yeah, can that, they reach? That's yeah. fine. Yeah, so um obviously I write for justbaseball.com. You can find my stories. I'm usually doing something college or prospect related 
and uh, and on Twitter at rcmiller39. So that's uh, that's where I'll be talking prospects, retweeting stuff about the Pirates. Probably I know some of your followers probably won't want to see that, but uh, yeah, I'm writing it just baseball. I'm going to start some draft review articles as well. Um, look out for one on the Reds. I know our entire staff's going to kind of um, help out with that. So hopefully we can get all 30 teams out relatively soon. Um, so I'll be pumping some more draft content out after after all the picks happen. So I heard Clay and Aram are doing a big show on Thursday talking about the Reds prospects. I'm very excited for this. So I did not know that, but I'll uh, I'll figure out and tune in for sure. Perfect. Well, hey, Ryan, I really appreciate it, man. And I hope we can do this again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. That was Ryan Miller from Just Baseball giving us a lot of really good insight on the Reds draft here. Uh, was really, really fun to have on. And so, uh, yeah, I have, it looks like, you know, like we were talking about there. So good friend Clay Snowden uh, shouted out on his Twitter this week that him and RM Layton also of Just Baseball are going to be doing a uh, lengthy conversation on the Reds' new top prospect list now that McLean and Ellie and those guys have come up and all these draft picks that have come in. Uh, Pat, we're not, we're not done with the show. We still have a lot to talk about. So I don't know why you're leaving now. Um, Sydney, shout out you using local Luke. Um, if Nate Dodson is listening and we can get local Luke as a t-shirt where we don't say melee, so we don't get sued. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, if you guys hear some banging and clanging, don't worry. My wife is in the process of laying down hardwood floors in our house. So I got a break to go do the show. Um, uh, so I appreciate it. Shout out that, but look guys, this weekend was deflating, right? It wasn't fun. Um, you know, that's the team that's kind of, you know, you're battling for the division foot now. Uh, they're the team that's kind of done a lot. Their pitching staff is unbelievable. I think head to head, I think the Reds still have a better roster as far as position players. They just don't have Corbin Burns and apparently Adrian Hauser, who gets every strike out under the sun when the umpire gives him a 75 foot strike zone. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm just going to put this in context. Right now, the Reds are 50 and 44. They're two games out. You know, this is a team we're wondering if they're going to win 66 games this year. So I will take where they're at. Um, this has been frustrating, yes, but I still really like where the Reds are at. Um, the theme of this week's show, like I said, is we're going to be all right. To quote the great Kendrick Lamar, uh, we are going to be all right. So, you know, if you look at this situation, I feel really, still feel really good where the Reds are. I know they had a really tough week with the bats. Uh, but I'm not, I don't think that this is like this huge gap between these two teams. I really don't. Yeah. Bill Hall, Ricky Weeks, Mr. One. They all kind of haunted us. Christian Yelich, uh, just needs to just never be allowed in the city of Cincinnati ever again, unless he's wearing a red Jersey. Uh, that just needs to be the case, but, oh God, Bill Hall. Who else was it? Eric Thames. Remember Eric Thames is like short time with the Brewers that always destroy us too. It's like these like certain Brewers players, but it was never like Ryan Braun. You know, it was never like okay, Ramos Ramirez played there too. He was like the Reds killer. Ramos Ramirez between his Pirates, Cubs and Brewers tenures was a nightmare for the Reds. Uh, so yeah, going back to what I'm saying though, I'd still feel pretty comfortable where they are now. These, this week's pretty interesting. Obviously, you know, you have these four games with the Giants. You've got three games with the Diamondbacks this weekend who are ahead of the Reds right now in the wild card. 
uh, you know, with the Reds two games behind the behind that third wild card spot. So that part's kind of tricky, and that makes this a little bit more interesting as well. Um, so this has been really fascinating, and you know, like Sydney said, it's July, and we're talking about this team having two routes now to the postseason between being two games out of the wild card and two games out of division. I know a lot of people are referencing the 2010 team getting swept by the Cardinals in August and still finding a way to win the division. Still think that's possible. I should start really comparing schedules to the rest of the year for Milwaukee. Kind of see where they're at. But, you know, going back to my previous slide here, I think it's at the point now where you can kind of cut the central at the Reds now, right? The Cubs, not going to get in the shot. The Pirates and Cardinals are way out of it. The Cardinals are going to be sellers. My God, they're going to be sellers this this apparently, according to Katie Wu. And that's, um, I've never thought the day would come where I'd hear Cardinals and sellers together, uh, but I'm not sad about it by any means. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating to see how everything plays out there. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this, all this. I think this week's huge, right? You know, it sucks to get swept by the Brewers, but we have a really good chance to bounce back against two really good teams. You've got some favorable pitching matches in there. Some. Very rare some, but, um, you know, Monday, maybe not so much going against Logan Webb. Tuesday, you got Disco going. Um, that's going to be kind of, you know, uh, kind of interesting to see him and Luke Weaver. But, hey, Luke Weaver's pitching, so that's like nine runs guaranteed for the Reds, right, if history has anything to say about it. Uh, so maybe that's the day the offense wakes up. I hope so. Uh, Wednesday, Doug takes the mound. And I was going to put a slide together. I just didn't get a chance to. But since Graham Ashcraft came back from the IL, that first start against the Braves didn't look very good. Number like his line, but his stuff looked good, and he's pitched really well since then. Um, so I, I'm excited to see him go against this Giants team. Thursday is going to be really good, really fun. Thursday afternoon, getaway day for the Giants. Alex Cobb against Andrew Abbott, who had a great bounce back start Saturday. Uh, not only was it that the, you know. The Brewers beat him, uh, beat him pretty good in Milwaukee the week before. But this game, he has the extended rain delay. The Hall of Fame ceremony is like delayed. Um, so, you know, and he still managed to go out there and pitch really well. I know he always hits a first pitch home run. Most people, that would just be super deflating. I remember in 2011, there was a game when the Reds went to St. Louis and Chris Heisey had a first pitch home run. They had lost the first two games of the series. Heisey comes in and hits the first pitch home run, and the Reds just kind of went rolling from there in that game. Um, so I thought that was kind of, that's kind of where the fascinating is. Uh, what? Hold on. Hold on. Why did you guys interrupt me? Hold on. All right. So if you're listening to this and wondering what the hell, um, Sydney just tweeted me. Let me pull this up real fast. Top prospect Christian Arcanasian Strand is being called up by the Cincinnati Reds as agency Munger English Sports Management confirms. Sydney strikes again. My God. Shout out Sydney for being in touch. <laughs> You're like, you got the finger on the pulse, my friend. You, you. Yep, here it is. MLB Trade Rumors. Reds to promote in Christian Encarnacion Strand. Holy shit. 
So I guess uh, this was one of my funny slider slides for the night. Guess I don't need to have this anymore, right? <laughs> but wow, man, that makes things a little bit more interesting, doesn't it? All right, now now we got a fantasy lineup book, right? But he's a uh, he certainly deserves to be here, and this is gonna be the week to have him um, if we're patient. But you know, Reds fans and patience with prospects, that's kind of interesting. Um, but you know, I assume it's gonna be Casale, right? I don't think it's gonna be Senzel. I saw Juan say that earlier. Um, you know, Senzel just does too much against lefties. So that was atrocious today. That's that caught stealing. Um but this is kind of awesome. I mean, this is what we want to do. Yeah, I, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see what happens there. You know, especially now that the ball could be Newman. Yeah, he didn't play at all this week, did he? Did he play this week? I don't remember seeing him in the. Uh... Oh, yeah. Ben Lively to the ILs potential. That sucks because he's pitched really well lately, hasn't he? Excuse me. I'm going to get a drink real fast. But um, if he's not hurt, you'll see Ben Lively start the series Friday against Arizona. Um, Saturday got Brandon Williamson. They have not picked the starter yet for that game. The Reds somehow missed Zach Gallen. So thank God for that. He's pitching Thursday in Atlanta. Um, so thankfully we don't have that to worry about. Um, and then Sunday, Luke Weaver goes against Zach Davies. Um, so it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. I thought Rhett Louder was really fun today when he called into the broadcast and talked to John and Barry grid. It's wild. Lively is like getting tested to see if he's okay. Um, so that part wasn't as fun, but I thought, you know, it's the conversation was good. It was exciting. And, uh, talking about everything that he's got going on right now. So yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, now this, this week got even more exciting. Christian Carnacion strand on the big league roster. So I'm stoked. I'm curious to see where he plays. Um, I assume obviously first base. Is he going to do the Spencer steer thing where he moves around a few different places? I don't know. Um, I don't think this means any less for Joey before anyone jumps to that conclusion. Um, so yeah, this is going to be fun. I am excited to see how all this plays out and really excited to see where things go from there. But Hey, now who's after that? Connor Phillips. Cause he you know, Noel Marte is not going to be this year. Um, obviously, or if he's even on the Reds roster, uh, next you know, in a couple weeks, but my point here this week, folks, was, yeah, this week stunk. It was disappointing. And I wanted to see the Reds be, you know, do a little more. But you got to just tip your hat to the Brewers. They were really good. They were really, really good. And actually, no, they were just pitched really well. Their hitting was not very good. Um, so I am really just going to kind of say, hey, kudos to them. You did your thing. Um, Cindy, I think that means Barrero will be back up. Come on now. We know this. He did hit a homer last night in Louisville. So TJ Hopkins also homered to walk off the bats for the bats tonight. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, they're having a fun year down there as well. Um, so, all right, folks, before I just keep rambling here 
And now that my last slide has been taken, I think we can go and call this an early Sunday. Oh, you're right. I mentioned Barrero. He had a home run last night. You guys know what that means. You guys know what that means. That's right. I feel like that's like the greatest thing of all time. So this is kind of fun. Uh, but hey, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Let everyone get their Sunday nights back. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to me talk with Ryan about the prospects. We're going to be okay. I still believe in this team. They didn't get this far just to get this far. And I think they feel that way, too. Um, everything's going to work out. Stop bashing Joey Votto. I don't think Chase Pay is going to be traded for Lucas Giolotto. It's going to have to be something bigger than that. Um, maybe the Shane Babry thing's real. I doubt it. But maybe. Uh, but thank you all. Hey, next weekend, next Sunday, you guys ready for this? July 23rd, late night Reds. It's the day before my 34th birthday. So come celebrate my birthday with me next week, right? Let's go have a birthday fiesta episode. You in? You guys in? Birthday party with Tim? Late night red, Sunday night live. Is that like too, is that like narcissistic of me to like have my own birthday party on my podcast? So I don't know, but I'll also be at the game that day. My wife and daughter and I will be in attendance at the game that afternoon. So, uh, Hey guys, this was fun. Thank you so much. Enjoy the week. Some fun games. Uh, shout out to riverfront. If you're not already join the Patreon city signed up to Patreon. Did you get a beer league spot yet? On the beer league roster? On the beer league softball team? Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But everyone, have a good weekend. Enjoy the Reds. I will see you all next week. Let's celebrate a fun week against the NL West. Take it easy, everybody.